back to the closet we've been in. <laughs> you ready? Because I'm starting. <laughs> All right. In three, two. Welcome back to the Closet Weeb Anime Podcast, the only anime podcast with a PhD in bracketology. My name is Lee. And I'm Bracketology Bryce. <laughs> Welcome um, back. So, you know, <laughs> 2022 has come, and Lee, we gotta do the best 2021 the only way we know how. Through a bracket with way too many categories and way too many shows. Um, so we chose 16 of the top shows that we watched um, over the past year. We came up with five categories where they kind of get one point each. So one point for plot, one point for characters, one point for the ending or the ending of the season, one point for originality, and one point for how emotionally invested we got into the show. Um, so does that make sense? Explain it well, Lee. Want to add yeah, anything? That, that, it makes sense now. We we just finished up trying to figure out how we were going to do this. So if uh, Bryce sounds out of breath. That's why. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, we're going to get started with uh, probably the most difficult of all of the matchups. <laughs> so actually, I guess, first of all, we're going to list every show that we're going to be talking about. So we've got Attack on Titan. We've got Odd Taxi. We've got Blue Period. We've got Osama Ranking or Ranking of Kings. We've got Horimiya. We've got Tokyo Revengers. We've got World Trigger Season 3. We have To Your Eternity. We have The Vampire Dies in No Time. We have Mushoku Tensei. We have Hige Hero. Uh, we have, what else do we got here? We've got Realist Hero, uh, Revives the Kingdom. We've chosen Vivi, Fluorite, Eyes Song. Uh, Komi Can't Communicate. Uh, where is 15? Where is 15? Why can't uh, 15 I? Oh, is Sakugan. Sakugan. And then the final one, which honestly is not actually a top 16, we just needed to come up with another one, is Battle Game in Five Seconds. So, um, like we said, we're going to break this down by plot, characters, ending of the season, originality, and emotional investment. So, with our first round, we have Attack on Titan Final Season Part 1, since we're technically all still watching the final season of attack on Titan versus battle game in five seconds. So, so this one's going to be real close. <laughs> exactly. Um, so start things off. Let's talk about plot. So obviously we know we're going to do a little bit of some, a quick couple sentence summary on each of these two as we go into it, but the plot on attack on Titan, um, it's a classic shonen sort of like battle anime where humans where there are Titans and there's humans and they're, <laughs> Duking it, it out to survive civilization. I don't know, Lee. You gotta explain it way better. We're in the final season, so to okay. give to give too much of if you don't know what Attack on Titan is by now, we're not gonna explain it because you can't explain it without spoiling. Um, Battle game in five seconds is just like a god game, like a generic uh, future diary style show or like a platinum end style show where you've got a bunch of people who get a single power and then they have battle games in five seconds and it looked like it was going to be fun. Sorry, I'm going into my opinion on it, but it's kind of like a Danganronpa <laughs> style. So yeah. um, those are the plots of both. They're not similar genres aside from generic action and weird powers. Um, and then, so plot wise, I mean, we're obviously watching <laughs> the final season of attack on Titan. And meanwhile, we think battle game in five seconds is absolute garbage. So uh, that's one point there for a uh, plot. One point for attack on Titan, uh, for characters. I think Bryce and I could both mention, we couldn't say their names, but we can mention at least 10 different characters minimum from attack on Titan. Um, and that's a point there. That's a point there because <laughs> I don't remember anybody from battle game in five seconds. Same um attack on titan had a cliffhanger ending between the first and second half of the final season but it was a really good cliffhanger and we just picked up from it so that was good battle game in five seconds also had an open-ended ending but the difference is you actually want to see more of attack on titan 
So point there, <laughs> point there. Uh, originality. We literally described Battle Game in five seconds by describing like three to four different other shows. Uh, whereas Attack on Titan is uh, at least relatively unique. So and we described it there. in five seconds. Point there, <laughs> point there. Uh, and that emotional investment. Uh, I honestly, this is the only show where I think Attack on Titan is actually going to win emotional investment because I really don't care about the characters emotionally but the only show i could say that is even more true about is battle game in five <laughs> seconds so uh i think Point we have an, an uncontested win for attack on titan final season there we go with a score of five to zero all right moving on to the next uh num- the number eight seed two-year eternity versus the number nine seed the vampire dies in no time lee can you explain the plots for these yeah, so To Your Eternity is a show about an immortal being, a sentient immortal being that uh, is able to kind of take over the forms and bodies of uh, things that die around it. So it literally starts off as a rock, I'm pretty sure, and then slowly it takes the form of a wolf and then takes the form of a boy and then a few other forms throughout the uh, procedure of the, or throughout the progress of the story. Um, But ultimately you have this intelligent, but otherwise completely ignorant and stupid entity who is completely immortal um, being exposed to all of these just events happening in this world, all these new characters, people who want to capture him, control him, people who just want to befriend him, all of that. And it's just the main character, Fushi, uh, his journey throughout all of this. Um, whereas the vampire dies in no, uh, to your attorney is much more an action drama. Uh, whereas the other show, uh, we're comparing it to is the vampire dies in no time, which is about a vampire named Draluk who dies in no time. He literally from just being slightly inconvenienced or scared will disintegrate into sand. Um, after having his house, destroyed by the famous vampire hunter Ronaldo, uh Draluk decides that actually he needs a new place to live and he's going to move in with Ronaldo. and the rest of the show is just the uh the antics of this new basically comedy duo in a world where vampires are known and regulated and policed uh as a bunch of different villains of varying varieties show up um, throughout the show and this show is basically pure comedy there is a certain level of continuity with it but ultimately episode to episode it's just everything is a setup for gags so pure comedy play but it was actually really good bryce and i had a lot of good things to say about the show just last season so um with that summary uh, i figure we can uh get into the plot so bryce uh you know what are your feelings on this so I think To Your Eternity has a deeper plot and a deeper meaning and purpose versus just, right, like a the comedy just... is not like a serious plot. <laughs> so I think for that specific category, I think like To Your Eternity would kind of win by a landslide. And even when you were explaining them uh, back and forth when you gave the intro, it definitely gives it away for, for this category, which helps a lot, I think, for yeah, us and it... for anyone listening. Exactly, and that's just to do with the genre of it. That's not necessarily a weakness of Vampire Dies in No Time because, again, it is more or less a sketch comedy show. But episode to episode, the plot just revolves around here's a vampire that forces everyone to wear micro bikinis. Like, that. that is yeah. literally the epitome of it. So that first point is going to go to To Your Eternity. Yep. Um, the second option is going to be characters and this one's kind of tough because the vampire dies in no time i think had a really really good recurring cast especially for a comedy yep um but i think it kind of harkens back to the issue of what makes a good character because to me it's like i liked the characters in vampire dies in no time but i have no sense of emotional attachment uh aside from my religious devotion to john uh the Mm -hmm. armadillo uh pet armadillo uh, I don't really have any connection to any of them. Um, whereas, like, to, to Your Eternity, there's some characters that I thought were really annoying and spent too much time on. I would still say th- To Your Eternity had, in my opinion, much stronger characters. But it also, of course, is a drama. So I think that that's kind of par for the course. But, Bryce, I know you probably weren't as big on To Your Eternity as I was. So I'm interested to see what you have to say. I'm struggling with this question because I think for for what exactly what you said for to your attorney there's 
enough characters that I do like, but also enough characters that I just really could not stand and made the show less enjoyable for me in terms of thinking about the first arc of To Your Eternity mm. um, versus The Vampire Dies in No Time. Well, you're right. There are some dramatic uh, growths and maturities and changes, but I think the fact that you have such a dynamic reoccurring cast that you continue to remember within staying of the grounds of, I guess, character development within their genre, I was more impressed with what Vampire Dies in No Time does. See, for me, I think it's just because To Your Eternity had one extremely standout character which was gugu yeah um and so that's why i lean towards that but i can also understand because again i think one of our biggest complaints into your eternity was how slow the start was and how much yeah. focus was given to really really boring characters so um i don't i guess the thing is i never had anything to complain about with vampire dies in no time characters so i'll i think we can give it to vampire dies in no time okay but I will say that To Your Eternity has higher highs and lower lows when it comes to their characters. Completely agree. Um, completely agree. What do you think about for the ending end of the season? Um, I'm going to, again, I, I liked To Your Eternity. Um, I want to continue the show. I hope it gets a season two. So I definitely lean towards To Your Eternity. But again, that's because to have an ending, you have to have a plot. And I think we've kind of talked about how Vampire Dies in No Time didn't really have a plot. So naturally, the ending was never going to really leave you with much of a, you know, I don't know, much of a climax. Yep, I completely agree. I think we'll give it to, to your eternity. Okay. Um, now on originality, I... This one's tough, because I think they're both relatively original shows. I think Vampire Dies in No Time, like, can remind me of a lot of different comedies that are out there. So, like, for example, the way that the vampires are just a part of everyday society, and there's regulations, whatever, reminds me of My Hero Academia. The comedy style reminds me a bit of, like, Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo, and those things. Um, But then again, with To Your Eternity, it's, like, action... (laughs) Even though the plot itself is relatively unique, in my opinion, I think there's also a certain amount of, like, invincible characters are not a completely, like, novel concept, right? Like, in a sense, One Punch Man does the same thing. It it does it from a completely different angle. So I I honestly struggle. I think for me it's tied, and I'll leave the tiebreaker to you because I don't think I could really pick. Sure. I think for the reason we've seen an unbeatable immortal character sort of, like, before once your eternity so that impacted me um but i think the vampire dies in no time it was really like just consistently creative innovative comedy i felt every week and the creativity of that comedy helps stand out from an originality point of view i think that Um, that's a fair point so i think i'll just go with vampire dies in no time for that one yeah yeah i think that's super fair and (laughs) then the next category (laughs) is of course emotional investment and Aside from our religious devotion to John the Armadillo, I think it's got to go to To Your Eternity because we at least cared about, like, there was at least stakes in To Your Eternity. So um, with that, it's a three to two uh, with To Your Eternity coming out in the lead. And we're going to move on to our next two. So uh, for our next two, we have Osama Ranking versus Vivi Florite Eyes Song. Um, so this one's a little bit difficult because, uh, well, for one, Osama ranking has not ended. It's, uh, it's technically still ongoing, but we're going to keep talking about it anyway. Um, but anyway, going on, uh, picking up on the plot, uh, Vivi Fluoride Isong, uh, well, I guess we got, sorry, we got to start with Osama ranking. I'm jumping ahead. Um, so Osama ranking is, or ranking of Kings is about our, a young prince named Boji who has some sort of kind of developmental issue where he he can't really speak. He's very small for his age. Um, Everyone just assumes he's dumb because he can't really talk. Um, And it's in a world where all of the kings and kingdoms are being ranked by some overarching ranking system. But overall, that's not super important to the plot because the initial plot is that the king boss is uh passes away and you have the issue of a succession crisis between boji and his younger brother dida and not only do you have the the step queen who is not boji's biological mother but is dida's uh biological mother you also have all of the king's you know 
in for lack of a better word, retainers. You have a bunch of different, you know, you have people on guard and people who have been within this kingdom and having all of these long lasting relationships uh, while a giant conspiracy is unfolding. Uh, with, for lack of a better word, but you can think of the show as sort of a kingdom in a succession crisis. Um, but it's very, very vast. The The plot is still expanding, which is why it's kind of difficult to really pin down how to describe what the show is or is going to be. Um, and Vivi Floride Ice Song is a show about a basically a one of the first robot AIs that gets sent back in time in order to kind of stop the singularity of AI that has led to all of the AI robots to murder all humans, basically. And there is a kind of AI robot partner, Matsumoto, that accompanies her. Um, and as time progresses, you know, Vivi is assigned different missions to ultimately try to slow down and or stop the completion of this kind of centralized AI project. Um, so there's a bit of time travel, there's a bit of robot AI, ghost in the shell uh, kind of aesthetic to the show. And so that's that's what we're dealing with here. So uh, did I miss out on anything, Bryce? No, great job, bud. Keep it up. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, so we're going to get into the plot. Um, so there's at least a little bit of an advantage here or not even an advantage, it's kind of difficult because Osama Ranking has not completed its plot and we don't, you know, so it's still ongoing, whereas Vivia is done. Um, and we're also still currently obsessed with Osama Ranking, whereas Vivi, uh, if you listen to us talk about it, was that a spring 2021 show? Or was that a um, winter? Might have been a winter. Anyway, it was... I, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It was first half of 2021, and I think... Although it was one of our top picks initially, uh, it kind of had a an overall like an overall kind of disappointing wrap up um, that I didn't think made a whole lot of sense. Whereas I still love Osama Ranking, so even though Vivi has the advantage of being completed, I don't think that it's the stronger of the two in terms of plot. But Vivi also does have a lot of great things going for it when it comes to kind of the time travel aspect of the show so uh bryce do you do you side with osama ranking on this one or are you more no i side with osama ranking i think vivi will be maybe more competitive in some other categories um but i think osama ranking definitely has the more like interesting and enticing plot you, you can tell from like the second episode basically how much you get into boji you get into the world you get into the conflict he's kind of face you get into the um the backstory of kage i mean the, those first two episodes alone get you so immersed into this plot um it's gotta be a summer ranking yeah definitely um then the second category is going to be characters um vivi has a little bit more of modest cast i mean you do have some recurring characters with some of the scientists with some of the, like the other humans but ultimately it's mainly a duo between vivi and matsumoto um whereas with Osama ranking i mean it there's already a giant cast of characters boji lady miranjo boss uh healings um Dida, kage desper so you you already have this giant cast and not only is it a numbers thing but i would one thing i really want to compliment osama ranking about is the kind of dynamism of the characters i feel like um you kind of expect these one-dimensional characters and they constantly surprise you whether it's uncertainty about their motivations or whether it's you know it's like oh wait she's not supposed to be nice she's supposed to be the evil queen you know the evil step queen you know those sorts of things whereas you know vivi had some interesting character moments and it plays with the the tried and true ghost in the shell can robots have feelings uh notion but overall i, I still think osama ranking blows Vivi out the water when it comes to characters yeah I completely agree like no wasted characters in Osama ranking definitely um moving on to the ending um I mean we can be brief on this one like Vivi really fell off a cliff we, we felt after I think it was like episode seven um and I know Osama ranking hasn't ended yet but like even the lead into part two of the second season and what they've continued to do every week um just leaving us with cliffhangers wanting more I think Osama ranking also 
is the winner for that category or freely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I think this will be the one yep. where Vivi, I think, will eke out ahead. But in, in terms of originality, it's a little bit tough because Vivi is still very derivative in a lot of ways like you have it's like terminator you're sending a robot into the past to change the future you're doing all of this stuff but i think there between i don't know there was just a lot of shock and awe like some of those first sequences were just absolutely incredible when it comes to um the action the just brutality of some of the stuff they show you early on in the show and so for that, I, I would say that I, I think Vivi does come out a little bit ahead on originality um, because, again, I, I mean, Osama ranking, although it's great and it's super polished and I'd rather have a super polished quality show than a completely original show that doesn't, you know, doesn't come into anything in the end. But I, I do think uh, Vivi's the more original of the two. Yeah, I think Vivi just had, like, the ultimate hook. Like, I showed my friends who are non-anime watchers uh, Vivi, and within the first five minutes, they were just hooked, right? It just knows how to, right, for the jarring moments that you see in those opening minutes and what the premise of what the show is going to accomplish and episode by episode how, especially early on as they're introducing uh, different characters, it's just the decisions they make were just jarring in every way. Um and you were hooked, you, and obviously we get sucked into the time travel concept, and there's so much more originality and creativity that's even possible with the time travel concept, so it fits in. Um, I think Vivi just stands out for that one. Um, yeah, plus, I mean, Osama Ranking's also fairly original, but, I mean, the no, the, right. un, the underpowered main character who actually is really powerful but in a different way from everyone it's else. Done before. The, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, we've seen before, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not necessarily the most original. Um, and then finally, uh, final category, even though, uh, even though Osama ranking has already, uh, won this one, uh, is going to be emotional investment. Um, although I would say Vivi has some really awesome kind of emotional moments to the show. I care so much more about Boji and Kage and the characters in Osama ranking. Whereas like by the end, I remember the part of the problem at the end of Vivi was like, them introducing characters I'm supposed to care about, but just don't. Um, and I think, you know, that was part of it. So Osama ranking is almost a near sweep of this one. Um, not that Vivi's bad, but obviously it never really had the payoff we were expecting considering how strong the first half of that show was. So. I completely uh, agree. Perfect. And getting into our next matchup, we have Horimiya versus a uh, realist hero uh revives the kingdom so horimiya is i mean for <laughs> horimiya is literally just a high school rom-com so it's it's a degrassi it's a uh, any show that's about high schoolers who are in love triangles and going through slice of life problems uh you have the main character miyamura um who's kind of this gentle bad boy he's got tattoos and piercings even though he's in high school and then you have uh horisan who is this kind of like type a girl character but like i don't know they're all multi-dimensional so to kind of sum them up in a single sentence is kind of difficult but What's really stand out about Horimiya, and this kind of gets into one of the categories, but is ultimately kind of the supporting cast because you have all of this, this entire friend group. You have Yoshikawa, you have Ishikawa, you have Ayasaki, Shu, um, you know, you have the families of both of them and all of this and all of their, you know, you have, again, I think we recently talked about the show Orange, and I think uh, the show... Horimiya has a lot of the same strengths when it comes to the uh, relationships between characters. Um, whereas Realist Hero is Isekai Trash. But it's fun Isekai <laughs> Trash. Uh, that one is where basically a modern day Tokyo civil servant, government official, uh, gets transported to a fantasy world where that needs a hero. And when he gets there, the kingdom's in all sorts of disarray. There's a food shortage. There's a deficit in the budget. There's an ongoing war in the distance and all of these other problems. And our main character uh, basically uses modern day knowledge about you know realism, about economics, about diversification, all of these things to tackle 
you know, fantasy problems with modern day real world problems like, oh, we need to build a trade port and all of those things, which isn't inherently interesting to just talk about it that way. But the mixture of the isekai fantasy aspects with the, you know, Machiavellian, the prince um, kind of war games and stuff does end up being uh, fairly interesting. That being said, because it is isekai trash, it, it is slowly but surely devolving into a garbage harem, um, even though I still like the show. So those are those are the two shows. Um, so starting off and uh, starting off on the plot, this one's tough because normally I would generally side with realist hero because realist hero has kind of obvious overarching plot objectives. However, Horimiya has a lot of interpersonal conflicts um, spread throughout the show. So I'm honestly kind of torn on this. Bryce, do you have a preference between the two plot-wise specifically? I think Horimiya, again, kind of more because of the interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. And an issue with Realist Hero, it because of the interconnectedness. There was in Realist Hero one of these moments where this guy was a villain. Oh, I was actually a hero along. And it didn't make any logical sense in terms of the interwoving of the plot. It felt kind of like a lame escape. So for that reason alone, I, I kind of lean more towards yeah. Mia because it all flowed well together. Yeah, and I think some people like I think some people had issue with the fact that Horimiya kind of did a time skip. But overall, I agree. Horimiya was just much more polished, much tighter. Whereas Realist Hero, I, it seems like sometimes they write themselves into a corner. Um, even though the entire premise of the show is supposed to be that they're writing a smart plot. But yeah, I think I think that one goes to Hari Mia. Um, <laughs> the next one's going to probably be pretty obvious, but uh, the mean, characters. Yeah. Um, we already discussed that what makes that show shine is the character, so Hori Mia sweeps that as well. Um, the ending. So actually, we are now on season two of Realist Hero, whereas Hori Mia has actually ended and it ended with a time skip. So you get like almost complete closure. Um, again, I think because Hori Mia is just such a more polished and tighter um, show, it's going to sweep that one as well. Um, and then in the subject of originality, I think this is the point where kind of the, the premise gives realist hero the advantage in my opinion, because Horimiya is really fun, fundamentally no different than any other high school slice of life romance. But do you feel the same, Bryce? Yeah, no, I completely agree. We can move on. Yeah, and then <laughs> emotional investment. Surprise, surprise. We don't really care about the isekai characters. Uh, it's Horimiya. Horimiya sweeps, uh, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, our next matchup is going to be between odd taxi and sakugan it's a bit unfair it's a bit unfair but no matter no matter what we put against odd taxi it was going to be kind of unfair so odd taxi is a show about a taxi driver named uh odokawa who is basically a humanoid walrus we're in a world of animals it's not like furry stuff like beast stars but it's a lot cuter looks more kind of like a child's drawing like very very cute like chalky animation style but basically it's almost feels like a tarantino-esque style plot where otokawa who is this uh walrus taxi driver who struggles to sleep and is just generally emotionless most of the time gets caught up in this sort of the antics of a bunch of different moving parts. You have a gangster who is trying to get his money. You have the police who are trying to look for a missing girl. Um, You have a fugitive on the run. You have corrupt policemen. You have a best friend who is trying to pick up a hot girl on Tinder. (laughs) You have a dude who is completely obsessed with mobile games and you know, that starts a whole revenge plot. So what really sets Odd Taxi apart is the amount of moving parts that all tie together. I mean, I know we talked about that with Hori Mia, but that's a lot simpler considering when we talk about the moving parts of Hori Mia, we're talking about eight high schoolers who go to class together every single day. It's a lot easier to tie those moving parts together. Whereas in Odd Taxi, most of these characters do not know each other. Most of them have on the surface nothing to do with each other but ultimately everything comes together in this giant whodunit of sorts um and fantastic chef's kiss 
wonderful. Um, Sakugan instead is a show about a father daughter duo who live in like an underground colony. They've got giant robots. There's giant monsters. They have drills. So it's kind of like it's almost like a Gurren Lagan vibe uh, mixed with. I'm trying to think of what it's mixed with, but it's kind of a Gurren Lagan vibe. Um, it starts off pretty strong. We obviously, I felt pretty strongly about it at the beginning of last season. Um, <laughs> it's it, ultimately the father daughter duo go out and embark on a journey to try and find this place that is part of the, uh, the daughter's recurring dreams. And along the way, they encounter terrorist groups, interesting new areas, weird psychedelic inducing flowers all sorts of weird stuff um but it was supposed to be kind of a cutesy um duo action adventure kind of show that didn't ultimately pay off uh, to give you an idea so um honestly i'm just looking at this to me this is just a clean sweep for odd taxi sakugan is good but sakugan disappointed me and i i won't forgive it for that Whereas, I mean, plot, characters, ending, originality, emotional investment, Odd Taxi sweeps on all of those. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of chose this matchup randomly. Um, but I'm glad it worked out in the sense that you could reveal your terrible taste in thinking that Sakugan was going to be a great show. <laughs> I think if Sakugan hadn't had, like, if Sakugan was actually willing to, like, kill off characters and have, like actually dramatic moments i think sakugan might have at least one emotional investment because odd taxi is sure. really good but it, it's not necessarily a tearjerker right. um but ultimately i i still the odd taxi is just such a perfection piece of perfection that that one's just an easy clean sweep in my opinion so um moving on we're going to be talking about world trigger season three and mushoku tensei and i guess we're talking about season one and season two because that was all in 2021 right Correct. Okay. So World Trigger is... Oh, man, we've talked about the show so many times. World Trigger is a <laughs> show about a world where aliens come in through portals from time to time. And in order to fight them, there's an, they call them neighbors. And then there's Border Patrol. And the Border Patrol are sending back the illegal aliens. Um, that works. But they use fancy <laughs> alien energy devices that give you either a shield, a sword, or a gun, or some combination of those three things. And it's very much a big tactics and strategy type show. Um, and let's see. Mushoku Tensei is Isekai garbage. It's... Um, it's some sad, disgusting waste of life. Uh, gets trans, uh, or I guess gets reincarnated in a different world as a little baby. But in this world, he's super powerful magician and retains all of his stupid thoughts, his stupid, stupid pervy thoughts. Um, but it is actually a pretty interesting action adventure anime. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how else to describe it aside from that. It's a really lame incredible. person. It's a really lame person who gets transported to a different world, and now he's a superhero, basically, um, and also still a pervert. And it's like Game of Thrones because everybody is constantly having sex in this show. Um, so without further ado, uh, the plot. So this one's actually tough because although I love World Trigger, I think we've talked about the fact that like I could care less about the overarching plot of like the neighbors and everything in world trigger. So I think the one thing that I will say about Mushoku Tensei is at least the plot fucking goes somewhere, you know? Um, whereas with world trigger, we're just happy because it's a nonstop tournament arc for like seasons on seasons. Um, do you disagree with that? Yeah. Mushoku Tensei easily wins plot to me. Yeah. Um, and then we have characters. I think because most of the not most of the but a lot of the characters like some of the characters are cool because sometimes you have like the almost like a full metal alchemist style character like with uh rui jared or whatever the this the spurg or what i forget what his name was um <laughs> Rudyard, no you're right Rudyard, yeah, yeah yeah but you have him and i liked his character and like i like some of the characters but then other of the characters exist only to be perverts or to be perved on and so for that reason i think world trigger 
has better characters, even though I don't think it's by much. Like world, the only reason I like World Trigger's characters more is just because they're not all trying to like sleep with each other constantly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they are at all in World Trigger. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they have genitalia in World Trigger. (laughs) Um, But no, what I will say about the characters in World Trigger is like they're all pretty likable, and you do kind of get to know them all because they're different abilities that they stand out enough that I can recognize them each battle. So that helps me. Definitely. I don't know if you have the same thing. No, no, I I think that that I think the thing is that I don't care that like it's not that I don't care, but like there's not enough stakes for me to care. But it's like. I like all the characters enough. Like none of them yeah. are grading, except maybe the Sundere girl character. But I, I just hate Sundere's. Um, the next one's gonna be ending. So the end of the season. Neither of these shows are over. So this is kind of just a double up on the plot, which means that because ultimately, once the rank wars are over, it means we have to go back to the overarching plot of World Trigger, and that's gonna be disappointing. So that's a Musho Katensei, clearly. Um. For the next one, I think we're going to talk about originality. And this one's kind of tough because of the history of it. On the one side, I think World Trigger is relatively original when it comes to... I guess it's not really that original. No, World Trigger's not that original. And I guess (laughs) the only thing that makes Mushoku Tensei original is that it's like the granddaddy of isekais. Not that isekais are a particularly novel idea... But because it created the monstrosity that we have to deal with today, I guess on a very, very thin margin, Mushoku Tensei wins out on originality, which I hate to say. Welcome to the dark side, Lee. We're, we're happy to have you. But I will, I, man, and then the last category is emotional investment. And I don't, I think I'm only emotionally invested in whether or not they win rank wars. But yeah, I, I, I honestly don't even care that much. I'm just I don't think I'm rank not wars. emotionally invested in either of them. I just they're fun to watch. But Mushoku Tensei had already won, so whether it's three, whether it's four to one or three to two, that one's been decided. Um, moving on to the next show, we're going to be talking about the matchup between Blue Period and Komi Can't Communicate. So Blue Period was a show from last season uh, about uh, a young artist named Yatsura but he doesn't even realize he wants to be an artist until like a year or so before graduating from high school so he kind of has this mad dash struggle to try to get into the only public uh university of arts in Japan which is also basically the most competitive art school in Japan so um but in the process of going to like cram school of learning all of this art you meet all of these other characters all these other artists and their own kind of individual motivations you know some of them use art as an escape from their home life some of them have just always felt like this is the only thing that they're talented in um some of them are living in the shadow of an older sibling who is more talented than them and in the process of all of this you're also kind of being exposed to kind of the process of composition of how do you actually decide what to paint how do you frame it how do you do all these things how do you pick colors um and so for that you know blue period stands out as both kind of a character drama as well as just a show that's really interesting to learn about painting um whereas komi can't communicate um is both it's a little bit of a rom-com but most of it is just a sketch comedy so you kind of have the main character, Komi, who has a communication disorder where she basically cannot speak more than like one word at a time. Um, and I just mean like she can't form sentences. Obviously, everyone speaks one word at a time. Um, and then you just have a wild <laughs> cast of kooky, zany characters. All of their names imply how they are. So you have like uh, Najimi, who's just everybody's friend and is also just a force of chaos. You have the romantic lead, Tadano Hitohito, who is just literally just a normal dude and that's like his character trait is that he's just a normal dude but he's nice and he's the only person who notices that Komi can't speak whereas everyone is just so obsessed with her that they kind of fail to notice that she's not said a single word um and it's obviously just a cutesy kind of rom-com um i will say it's not as uh successful as vampire dies in no time as continuously having uh relatively interesting and continuing jokes um but without further ado honestly i'm looking at it the plot the characters the ending the originality and the emotional investment i mean i think the only thing comey has on it is originality but i think blue period because of the fact that it's an actual drama 
Whereas I think Comey is kind of a mediocre comedy. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously we knew Blue Period was going to win this one, but I, I think it wins like four to one or if not a clean sweep. Yeah, I'd go with a clean sweep. Works for me. Sweet. And then our final matchup is going to be between Tokyo Revengers and Higa Hero. Um, oh, goodness. Um, Tokyo Revengers <laughs> is... <laughs> Tokyo Revengers is another time travel show um, where some dude, his old high school girlfriend or junior high girlfriend gets murdered. And then through just complete randomness, he gets sent back in time um, because the people who murdered his old girlfriend was the uh, were the members of this gang that started at his school. Um, so his friends were part of it and stuff. And basically he goes back in time in order to infiltrate this gang in order to stop them from, you know, murdering his past girlfriend. Um, I think that's as good of a summary as we can have, but the characters are actually really cool. And as silly as it is to have a idea of like junior high gangsters, it works for the show. Um, whereas Hige Hero is about a like a 30 some year old salary man who's basically disappointed in love. He just got rejected by his boss, which he shouldn't try to date his boss, but that's what he does. And then as he's walking home, blasted out, just drunk as hell, he sees just some high school girl sitting down under a street lamp and uh, being the nice gentleman that he is uh, invites this uh, runaway high school girl to stay at his house. Um, and the show is very cognizant of how weird that is. And that's the entire premise. Um, and then the show continues to skirt a very, very thin freaking line between is this show going to be reasonable and maintain that their relationship is purely like friendship or are they actually going to get romantically involved? And, uh, that's, it's a constant struggle with that show, but it's very, it's a very fun drama. Um, there's a lot of interesting characters. There's a lot of interesting kind of ethical questions about, you know, what can you and can't you, you know, like, is he actually in the wrong for doing this? Spoiler alert. Yes. But the show is interesting and it was a fun watch. So, um, although these are both very different types of shows, uh, I think it is at least a little bit close because I mean, okay. So Tokyo Revengers is going to sweep on plot because, Oh, are you you're surprised? Dude, you know how I feel about time travel. All right. Make your pitch. Uh, Tokyo Revengers has butterfly effect, cool plot things. And you basically are working your way up an organization with like seemingly unstoppable forces. At, not unstoppable, but like, you know, with the odds stacked against you. And so you kind of constantly have this rush against time. And it's even better than like the re-zeros of the world because like, you can only go back to a certain point. You can't like go back any further than that. So I feel like Tokyo Revengers is the better. Okay, Higo Higa Hero has a good plot though. I it, I shouldn't act like it's an obvious choice. I don't know. Make your case for Higa Hero. All right. So every week of Higa Hero, you would text me, constantly talking about what was going on and how like curious you were about what was going to happen next episode. We were way more engaged, I think, on a week to week basis on Higa Hero. Than Tokyo Avengers. I think Tokyo Avengers is a more like appropriate, engaging story, and obviously takes care of time travel, which we both are like obsessed with from like Erased and Steinsky and things like that. But for a show that I thought would immediately degrade into nothingness, like Higahira, to have this kind of like story that you and I were like constantly wondering what was going to happen every episode, mm. I think that deserves some credit for the plot. Not to get into the semantics, but is that not more emotional investment in characters than plot? Um. That's I fair. mean, we, what do you think? I'll let you decide this one. Uh, I think I'm going to give this one to Tokyo Revengers because, again, I, 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 the thing is, is that's like saying that I text you constantly about watching Mori, but I don't text you about watching The Sopranos. You know what I mean? Like The Sopranos is interesting, better plot, but Mori is a lot more like I got to text my buddy about this like Jerry Springer stuff that just happened. Okay. That's how that's I her. feel about it. No, that's her. Um, on the next category, characters. This one's also tough because I feel like both have a really, really strong cast. Um, I personally lean towards 
Hige Hero on this one. But that's because I think because the cast is a little smaller, you can get a little bit more invested in the individuals. Do you agree? Yeah, I've been more invested in the Hige Hero characters. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> now for originality. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Ending. Ending first. Um, I feel like because we... I'm going to defer to you on this one. I want you to pick which ending you prefer. Um, I don't think we can legally be okay with the ending for Higa Hero. So the answer is Tokyo Revengers. Tokyo Revengers, because we don't want to go to jail or be accused of anything. <laughs> but the no, next I, one I, is... Sorry, go, go, go. Oh, no. I, yeah, I just think, as we were talking earlier, the show is constantly skirting a very, very thin line. And I think with the ending, it... It still skirts the line, but it points in a direction which is the wrong side of the line to be on. So I think for that reason, Tokyo Revengers takes the ending. I agree. Even though, even though Tokyo Revengers is also a little bit problematic because you have like a 25 year old, uh, yeah, like a 25 year old dude going back into his 13 year old body and like going on dates with his 13 year old girlfriend in the past with the mind of a 25 year old. So that's obviously still kind of issue. Like, <laughs> but we screwed up either way. Yeah, either way, the shows are screwed up. Japan's <laughs> wild. Um, okay, for originality, I think Higa Hero takes it for originality. I, I mean, like, the, the premise of the show was just so wild that you kind of just had to watch it, you know? Yeah, I mean, we've seen Tiger Avengers before and Erased and Steinsgate and ReZero and, like, any sort of shonen thing, too. It's kind of just like a shonen time travel combination, which makes, makes it so much fun. Yeah, and then when it comes to emotional investment... Uh, I don't really care when his girlfriend dies in Tokyo Revengers, but I definitely cared a lot more about what was happening week to week between those characters, which is what I was constantly texting you back. So I feel like Hige Hero takes that, which is a surprise. I did not think Hige Hero was going to take this one. See, I did, dude. I did the mental calculations, and I was like, no way, man. This show definitely could win some categories. (laughs) All right, so we are now into the second round, Uh, the the. Elite Eight. Uh, we're going to go a little bit faster through these ones since we've already kind of expressed our opinions on these. So for the first one, uh, we got Attack on Titan versus To Your Eternity. I think I liked To Your Eternity. I thought there were some strong points. I think there's a lot of weak points to Attack on Titan, but at this point, Attack on Titan is so strong in its final season that it's got it. To me, it's got to be the one. I agree. Attack on Titan has to win that category. It's one of the more compelling plots. Let's go to characters. Yeah. Um, now it's between Osama Ranking and Horimiya. Two different types oh, of wait. shows. Oh, so we don't, you don't want to go through the categories? Oh, sorry. I Sorry, we can go through the categories. Yeah. Um, Attack on Titan, the plot. Uh, okay, that's fair. I think uh, characters is tough because I don't... I like... I think I liked Gugu from uh, To Your Eternity more than I've liked any character on Attack on Titan. Yep. Um, in regards to ending, obviously... Both of them are kind of open-ended. Attack on Titan's not finished, but the way the seasons have ended on Attack on Titan easily sweeps to me. Completely agree. How do you feel about originality? Um, That's tough, because I think Attack on Titan is still like a typical battle show in a sense, but I think Tier Eternity with the... um, I guess, again, it's kind of creativity of the characters, but the different forms that um, the main character takes and the lessons he learns, like... I got to go with Tier Eternity, I think. Really? Okay. It's interesting. What do you think? Wait, no. Give me I mean, thoughts. I lean more towards, I don't know. I, I lean more towards Attack on Titan because of how much the world has expanded from it. But like, I'm, I'm good either way. I, I I don't have a... Let's bring it to the final category. Why not? Let's give it to Tier Eternity. Let's do it. Okay. And then emotional investment. See, this one's tough though, because I'm definitely more emotionally invested in Tier Eternity, but I feel like Attack on Titan should win out of those two. Like if you were to strap me, if you were to put me on an island and tell me I could only bring one of these two shows in its completed form, as much as I've crapped on Attack on Titan for a lot of the things it's done wrong, I would still pick it over to your eternity. Yeah, well, I'm more emotionally invested in finding out what the conclusion is for Attack on Titan versus to your eternity. That's how I kind of define it. Yeah, well, we can define however we want. It's our damn bracket. So <laughs> Attack on Titan wins. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. All right. Moving on. Now it's Osama Ranking, a ranking of kings, versus Horimiya. Plot, obviously Osama Ranking, because it has a pretty overarching plot. Yep. Um, characters? That one's tough, because I, f- I still 
I don't want to say I care more about Osama Rankings characters, but I kind of do care more about Osama Rankings characters. The but characters it's tough. Osama, not... Yeah. No, the character in Osama Rankings have more depth. And I think that's why you have to kind of pull it more towards Osama Rankings. No, I guess that's not fair. That's not fair. No, because if anything, it's the opposite. I feel like yeah. Horimiya has more depth, but Osama Ranking has more characters that are almost more fun. Because the Horimiya's characters are literally just regular high schoolers. You decide. I'm torn. Uh, I feel like Osama's going to sweep, so we can give that to Horimiya. <laughs> okay. Done. Um, then we have uh, the ending. I Osama ranking, dude. I just every every episode ends, and I'm like, it's already over. Yeah. I know. Th- <laughs> uh, originality. You know, I, uh, I definitely. Osama ranking's easy. Yeah, easy. And then emotional investment. I guess I could give that a little bit to Horimiya. But not even, I don't know. Osama ranking already wins. I feel like emotional investment's kind of a tie because it's different kind of emotions. I think I could go with a tie and we'll move on to Osama ranking. They already won the round. Yeah, exactly. All right, this next one's going to be, to my opinion, a clean sweep. But it's Odd Taxi versus Mushoku Tensei. I think Odd Taxi has a much tighter plot and it's also a complete story. Uh, Characters don't exist just to to have sex with in odd taxi uh the ending was absolutely fantastic the premise of the show was super original and i emotionally could not care less about mushoku tensei sounds like a clean sweep on to the next one all right i'll let i'll let you start off between blue period and higa hero because it's kind of tough okay so in terms of blue period versus higa hero um so obviously, Blue Beard has like a really compelling plot in the sense that you know you're following this main character as he goes through this like travelous journey of trying to become a famous artist. Um, but Higahiro also really gets me week to week. But kind of the explanation you gave for the last round was Higahiro pulls more because because of the characters and because the emotional investment it gets me going. So I'll say I'll go with the plot for Blue Beard. I think so too because there was an overarching goal. Um, whereas like. I mean, there was an overarching plot for Higa, uh, Higa Hero as well with um, Sayu needing to go back home and kind of face her family. Um, but I kind of like the goal of trying to get into school a little bit more interesting. Um, when it comes to characters, I think Higa Hero is still better than Blue Period. I think Blue Period has very strong characters, but Higa Hero has a certain just like spice to it that Blue Period didn't. Yep, completely agree. Um, in terms of the ending, we will choose uh, blue period. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Out of out of an just an abundance of caution. <laughs> no, hundred percent. Originality. I feel like Higa Hero takes it on originality too. Yeah, it does. That's fair. And then the final one is emotional investment. Um, this time I'm gonna zig more towards blue period because of I the way they so handle transgender. They handle the transgender episode i thought was just like spectacular and understanding your own body and things like that that's that was really impressive and also i think like how relatable all the characters are and how you can see like your friends and your comrades in those people or if you've ever just chased like a goal or dream in your life and the obstacles you face like i think it's more of a personal touch with blue period definitely i i think blue period does eke out ahead because it just is it it lacks some of the spice of higa hero but i think it's more polished and i you know i think it's almost stronger for the fact that it doesn't like take the kind of i don't know the cheap obvious things like there's a little bit there's a little there's a little bit too much trash in Higa hero at times i agree all right semifinals let's go Attack semifinals for osama ranking Ooh, i will have to say that osama so with when it comes to plot there are at least two in a two to two uh, roughly two seasons of attack on titan that i think suck i don't think anything sucks about osama ranking <laughs> yeah no i think i was more engaged to the plot for more of osama ranking just from like a i think attack on titan yeah. has higher highs but has significantly lower lows i agree i'll get to osama ranking for the plot i think we've complained about the characters of attack on titan enough to make it pretty clear that osama ranking takes it on characters um, ending that one's a little bit tough because Attack on Titan knows how to leave you on a cliffhanger, whereas Osama Ranking, I mean, also has nice buildups, 
but never like tear your hair out like what's going to happen next in the way that attack on titan i feel like does attack on titan just simply hits harder and it showed that with season season four part one we just saw i mean yeah it's just got such blockbuster yeah such blockbuster like stakes uh whereas osama ranking is a much better scaled story at least it's a lot more it's a lot smaller but to its advantage but it just isn't it just ain't as hype um originality ah that one's mm, that one's tough because i don't think there's anything inherently super original about osama ranking i think it just does what it does really really well whereas attack on titan to me is an extremely not i think it's a fairly original show i think with a lot of the premises like because it, it they've answered so many mysteries about the titans and yet there's still so much we don't know um that i think that attack on titan does come out ahead on originality for me yeah i think attack on titan has done a really good job of keeping you engaged in terms of the mystery of the titan and i think that's where the originality comes in and how they've you're right they've been able to kind of maintain that mystery for 85 plus episodes or sorry 85 70 was it 70 something plus episodes um so I agree. I think it goes to Attack on Titan for that one for originality. Now it's gone to, I guess, emotional investment. Um, this is tough. I'm really emotionally invested in wanting Boji to succeed. And for Queen Keeling to like get Dida back, for Dida to kind of learn his lesson, to have another chance to prove himself. Um, and I guess that's also tied someone to the characters, but I'm also just emotionally invested too in the plot and Boji like trying to regain his kingdom. And like... However, Tiger Titan end, ends, I don't think I'm going to be really that upset no matter how what happens. Um, yeah, I, I think so for sure. For me, it's 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 all about finding out what happens next. Whereas like for Osama ranking, I'm like cheering for Boji. I want Boji to succeed. I want him to be the happiest man on earth. And also like I'm also just equally fascinated by the plot because there's also a really large mystery around all of the characters like you get dropped in the world of osama ranking knowing extremely little about who people are like what relationships they have with each other so um but yeah i think emotional investment osama ranking takes it and that means osama ranking is moving to the finals and then we have odd taxi versus blue period I personally consider Odd Taxi like a perfect show. So um, I can tell you already, I kind of know where this is going to head. But with the plot, Odd Taxi is tight. There is no wasted scene. There is no wasted su- like side story. Nothing goes to waste in Odd Taxi. Um, I guess you could make the claim that Blue Period has stronger characters. Maybe, but I also do love the characters from Odd Taxi as well. Like you're, they're not, you're not necessarily getting the depth of humanity that you are in Blue Period, but you are getting a really, really intriguing cast of characters with all sorts of varying like varieties of addictions, problems, interpersonal relationships. Um, they may not be as like three dimensional as they are in Blue Period, and they may not be as focused. Um, but I do still think they're really strong. So honestly, I'll leave the tiebreaker to you on characters. Yeah. So I think Blue Period takes an advantage in terms of relatable characters. Odd Taxi has the advantage in terms of the variety and in terms of the creativity of the connectivity of the characters. And I can't tell if that's like a combination of plot and character, but I guess because it's able to combine plot and character better, I think I want to give that to Odd Taxi. Fair. Um, moving on to ending... I do, I think I'm only an Odd Taxi, but I will say I'm still always pissed off about the last 30 seconds of Odd Taxi, and I need to mention that. Yeah, but that, that yeah, I, I forget. I just I, I just, I, yeah, Odd Taxi does something stupid in the last 30 seconds, but you can literally erase it from your brain like I did, and you'll be happy again. <laughs> okay. um, in terms of originality, I, it's got to be Odd Taxi for me. I mean, Blue Period's great, but it's nothing that we it's it's not a type of show that we haven't seen before um and then emotional investment i I mean at this point odd taxi has basically taken it but i mean we're splitting hairs i'm emotionally invested in both shows um could you pick Uh, one over the other i'm invested in both i have no issue with either one sweet we'll push it oh man now this is actually going to be super tough so uh we are into the finals and it is osama ranking an unfinished show that's still ongoing that we absolutely love 
versus Odd Taxi, a completed show that we also absolutely love, um, but had a bad last 30 seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> goodness gracious. Okay, so for plot, to me, to me, I'm going to view plot as... Uh, I'm going to view it... It's so tough because there's so much potential for Ranking of Kings to expand in so many ways, and it clearly is going to. But Odd Taxi has the advantage of being a different type of story, but also being completed. And so, whereas Osama Ranking still has the potential to disappoint me, Odd Taxi doesn't. And that's not just it. Odd Taxi has like a masterclass story, in my opinion. Um, So I kind of lead to Odd Taxi, but I could be persuaded if you felt differently no i think odd taxi wins the plot again just the interconnectivity connectiveness of it just like gives it an advantage even though some ranking is just like a beautiful plot i really do love it yeah um moving forward into characters i think this is something where i think blue period kind of fell behind on characters because of the kind of smaller cast but i feel like osama ranking and odd taxi have roughly similar um roughly similar sized cast. And I also think that Osama ranking, even though it's only gotten like, we're only like 13 to 14 episodes in at this point, I think almost every character has been shown to be multidimensional in a way that a lot of the characters in odd taxi weren't like odd taxi's characters were good and they were quirky and they weren't simple, but they were predictable. They were kind of set in their ways. Whereas like with Osama ranking, it's like, it's hard to always know someone's motivation. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of multidimensionality. I'll always kind of point out queen healing, um, because of the fact that like, you think they're going to kind of portray her one way and then they come out of left field and she's way more, co- like mo- way more complex of a character than you thought. So I think that Osama ranking, uh, takes it on characters. Yeah. I think Osama ranking is just, again, each character has so many facets to their personality that you don't know what they're going to do. The people in, in Odd Taxi, they all have kind of their inner demons and inner addictions, and they're very transparent about them. So there's a sense of predictability to it, even though there's an unbelievably creative cast of them. I think Osama Ranking uh, wins that one. Yeah, I, and I think they're fundamentally different stories. I mean, Osama Ranking is a hero's journey, whereas Odd Taxi is almost more of a whodunit um, mystery. And there's still some growth and stuff within that, but not in the same way. Um, now getting into the ending, I think... Ultimately, ending is always going to be tied to plot. And for me, I know you still hated the last 30 seconds, but because of the fact that the ending of Odd Taxi is what makes it to where all of the plot points tie together, to me, Odd Taxi takes it on the kind of ending slash end of season category, which is difficult, of course, because Osama Rankings at a disadvantage for, of course, not being complete. Yeah, this is just not, it's an unfair category and system we made that, because Odd Taxi is done and Summer Ranking, we really... Odd Taxi just has such a good ending and interconnectedness that I'm not sure Summer Ranking will be able to get that far, even if the ending may entail, like, Boji and Kage having their happy ending. I think I'll be more satisfied with the creativity of Odd Taxi. So I'll go with that. Definitely. Um, then originality, and this kind of gets into the difficulty of it. I think we've talked about it already in some of the previous matchups with Osama Ranking, but... Osama ranking does what it does extremely well as a hero's journey, as a kind of a fantasy anime, but there's so many parallels you can draw to other shows. Whereas like with odd taxi, I mean, obviously I've compared it to like, and not just me, other people have compared it to like Tarantino style works, um, you know, a crime who done it, but I don't feel like I've seen a whole lot of those in anime. I mean, you have the Bacchanos of the world, which I don't know why everyone acts like that show is so good when I think Bacchano is actually really mediocre. Um, but like, I, I think Odd Taxi is much more original. It's much more rare to see an Odd Taxi than it is to see an Osama ranking in the anime world. Yeah, I really can't think of another anime example of Odd Taxi. And it was so thrown off guard. No one even knew about Odd Taxi when it came out. It just kind of rose to the rankings. I think it was like, one of the last shows that was like ranked in terms of like number of followers before uh, spring season began. Um, so I think Odd Taxi definitely stands out of left field um, and does win in terms of a, having three wins, one three of the categories, but let's at least do emotional investment to th- do our thoughts. But I think we're emotionally both kind of emotionally tied to Odd Taxi. 
Really? I was going to say, I mean, I'm oh, really? more emotionally tied to Osama ranking. I mean, I care more about the characters of Osama. I mean, I love Otokawa, but like, I think it kind of ties back to the, I think it ties back to kind of the fact that like ranking of Kings is ultimately a hero's journey about characters growth, about, um, kind of their personal journeys, like with Dida, you know, being locked away right now and all of those other things. I think ultimately I'm more emotionally invested in Osama ranking. I mean, obviously odd Taxi's already taken it, but, um, I think for me, odd taxi was always more of a interesting plot and fun character show rather than a, I am super sympathetic for Otokawa's plight kind of show. Right. Whereas like Boji, I would, I would throw myself in front of a train for. No, you're right. Actually. <laughs> I just wanted to give a zag answer and see what you do. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So, um, cool. That- so odd taxi is the best anime of 2021, according to our categories and according to these 16 shows that the 15 shows that we put against it. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, you can email us at closetweebap at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at weeb underscore podcast. See you next time.